Why settle for a little toothpick when God can give you the forest? Hmm? It's there for the asking. And this is where faith comes in. I'm excited about tonight. I'm so glad you're here. And I'd like to invite you, please, to open up your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. We're going to be examining again the subject of faith. We need to grow in faith. The devil is working hard against us to tear us down in our faith. He doesn't want us to live by faith. And we need to live by faith. All that we do and say, it needs to be by faith. And it's not, uh, faith is not some blind leap in the dark. Well, I hope this works and, you know, off we go. It's not like that at all. Of course, faith is confidence in what God has said. That's what real faith is. And it's the will of God for us to live by faith. In Romans chapter 1, uh, verses 16 and 17, those of you here in the auditorium, can I invite you to stand for just a moment as we read these two verses together? If you're able, please stand with me. And you folks at home, uh, you could stand too. I think that would be good. Get in the habit, get in the practice of doing that. Uh, let's get uh, back to uh, where we used to be, back in socket, as they say. So verses number 16 and 17 of Romans chapter 1. Let's read down together. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, help us to live by faith. Strengthen us. Lord, we have great desire in our heart to be more holy, to be more perfect, to have better thoughts and better words and better actions. We all wish that we were more perfect than what we are. Lord, please, by faith, help us to know and do your will. And even though we have to struggle along, perhaps, with the things of the world sometimes, Father, give us the victory, because the victory is found in faith. Now bless us tonight as we examine the subject again. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated, everyone. And I'd like to tell you an interesting story. It happened in 1829. How about that? 1829, down in the United States, uh, in Apache country, the Apache Indians were, um, were down there. And there was a little Apache Indian baby boy born whose name became Geronimo. Now, how many have ever heard that name before? Can I see your hands? Geronimo, it's a number of us. Okay, that's good. Well, his name means the one who yawns. I haven't the foggiest idea the relation as to why they came up with that. I haven't a clue. But this was the boy's name. Well, by the time he was about 19 years of age, now there was war going on between uh, America and the American Indians. There was a lot of uh, that cowboy and Indian stuff we hear about and see, you know, in the, the movies. That stuff was happening. And by the time Geronimo was 19 years of age, he was leading the raids and the attacks and everything. Well, uh, he was quite a daring young man. And during one of these um, attacks, battles with the American soldiers, in order to escape uh, being captured, 
he made this tremendous big leap. And for some reason, he decided he would shout out his name. Geronimo! And he, he made this big, this big jump. And so he escaped. And uh, Geronimo, there's, there's some sadness to the story and to his life and so on. Uh, he, but he lived to about 79 years of age. And uh, then he uh, fell off his horse and died shortly thereafterward. But um, in the Second World War, uh, one of the um, um, colonels, his name was Colonel Howard Johnson, he was in charge of the 501st Parachute Infantry Regiment. And they were getting ready uh, to send their boys uh, on D-Day. And we've all heard of D-Day, 1944, and the beaches of Normandy and all that. And they would attack by uh, sea and they would attack by air. And so Johnson was getting his fellows ready to uh, parachute. And they would train them by climbing up these towers and then they would jump off the towers. That's how they got trained because parachuting back then was different than what it is today. And it was a much more rugged kind of an activity and you hit the ground with quite a thud. But uh, when your parachute opened, uh, then you had a good day. So um, the life of a paratrooper, right? So as they were training and getting ready, some of the guys, for some reason, uh, echoed Geronimo when Geronimo took his leap. And so they would say, here I go. And they would jump off the tower, Geronimo. And it quickly caught on. And so uh, in the Second World War, as they were jumping out of the planes by the hundreds and by the thousands, these guys, it had gone around. These guys were yelling, Geronimo, and they were jumping out. And so it sort of has become part of folklore and part of, uh, I don't know, some kind of uh, mentality that when you take a, a, a big leap uh, someplace, you yell out Geronimo. That's kind of where it came from. Interesting history on it, isn't it? Um, now, when it comes to faith, some people have the idea that faith means to just leap into the dark and hope that you land someplace. And they say, there's my Geronimo right there. There's my faith. That's not faith. That's not faith at all. Um, faith is to put your confidence in the, the truthfulness of what God says. The idea of faith, the concept of faith, is used thousands of times every day. Uh, the pews that you're sitting on or at home, the chairs you're sitting on, you have faith that they're going to support your weight. Uh, how many here have ever sat in a chair and it's gone crack underneath you? Anyone? One, two, three, four, five, six. Okay, yeah. There's, you know that feeling then when you sit on a chair and all of a sudden it goes crack and your eyes... <laughs> Maybe that's the, the first thing is your eyes, your blood vessels, you know, constrict and all of the other things that, that, that happen. But uh, right now you have faith in that, that pew you're sitting in or the chair you're sitting in. You have confidence in it. It's not a blind leap in the dark. You know that these pews have been around a long time. You know, these pews are something like, um, mm, they got to be pushing 40 years old. Did you know that? They're, they're older than a lot of the people in our church, these pews. They've seen a lot of church activity. Imagine the people that have sat in these pews, uh, mostly Christian born-again ones, I would presume, but then we've had unsaved sit in these pews. These, oh, if these pews could talk. Hmm? 
and tell us some of the things they've seen and the stories and so on. And we got them from a church in the States and we got them for free. We just had to pay for the shipping. What a blessing these pews have been. Well, faith puts our confidence in the pew and we sit down. Faith puts its confidence in what God says. God says, this is true. And we say, I believe it, Lord. God says, this is not true. We say, okay, I'll stay away from it. God says, this is where you should stand. We stand there. God says, when I tell you, I want you to duck. Why? Just trust me. So God says, duck. And then we we duck and we realize that someone at that time had swung a stick at our head. And when God said to duck, you see, we were spared. We put faith, confidence, trust in what God says to be true. That is what faith is. And we're talking here in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. The just shall live by faith. Mm-hmm. From faith to faith. From faith to faith. Now, this is important. It means that faith is just not one single little step. Faith is a series of steps throughout our lives, like stairs going constantly upward closer to God. And the more that we live our Christian lives and we live by faith, we take up these ascending steps, one after the other after the other. Maybe you know of some very strong and godly Christian men and women. And you might think, boy, they've got such an unshakable faith. Well, they didn't start there. They started at the first step, like we all do. And then day after day, week after week, you see they keep going up, up. What a lot of Christians do, unfortunately, is they get on the first one or two, three steps and they stop. And then they don't seem to go much higher. And other Christians are passing them. Even those that have become Christians after them, they're younger Christians, but they're passing them and they're going on up. You see, God wants us to be ascending and to moving up with our faith. Your faith today should be stronger than it was a year ago or even six months ago. Now we are called upon to live by faith. And for the last year or a year and whatever it's been, COVID has really slapped us around and given us a hard time. So we can't assemble together like we used to. Oh, we can't sing together like we used to and so on. There's some other things we can't do. There's a lot of things we can do, but there's some things we cannot do. But now we've gotten kind of into a rut, into the valley. Folks, it's time to come out of the valley. It's time for us to put the past in the past Look forward to what God has for us in the future. It's time for us to show up on Sunday. You don't have to, to sign up. Like online, when we want to come to church service, now we've got to be the, one of the first 50 people to sign up or we can't get to that service. No more of that. Now you can come. Boy, oh boy, it's like from be, going from law to grace. Under the Old Testament dispensation of law, you had to do this and had to do that. And... A lot of the times it was so hard to do. And then under grace, you don't have to do those things. Now remember, grace is not a license for sin. Absolutely not. God is not interested in that. Grace is the power and freedom to do what's right. When we're children and we're growing up in our mommy and daddy's home, there are certain laws and rules that we have to obey. And if we don't obey them, then there may be consequences or at least a talking to, to try and get us back into the right narrow path. The idea is that these things only last for a few years and then we're growing up and we're no longer under our mommy and daddy's rules of do's and don'ts. But hopefully we will have learned enough 
to carry on the good character, the, uh, the good habits that, that we were supposed to have learned as we grew up. A lot of people grow up, they never learned a lot of the, the good habits. Maybe it was a fault of the parents. Maybe it was uh, the fault of the, the, the children. Maybe both. Maybe the devil got involved. Who knows? But we have a lot of adults today that have never learned um, decency and honesty and things like what they should have learned. And they get into uh, adult life. And before you know it, uh, they're criminals. Well, that's not good. They, they, they talk about how to raise a criminal. Of course, it's a tongue-in-cheek kind of a, an idea. But uh, young people that have never learned these right from wrong things. So the idea is when we're young, we've got these do's and don'ts. But the idea is that they're supposed to train us in good character. So we grow up, we become good citizens, responsible. We can hold down jobs. We know how to make our bed. We know how to clean up after ourselves. We know how to brush our teeth. And we know how to you know, shake hands and to be polite and so on. And we know these things because we learned them growing up. So, like coming out of law into grace. Likewise, coming out of COVID into freedom. Well, it's time, folks. Let's take full advantage of what God has given us. And uh, you dear folks at home, listen, you don't have to sign up. You don't have to answer a bunch of questions. Did you cough today? Did you sneeze today? Do you have any aches and pains? Uh, stick out your tongue. Say, ah, no one's going to check your temperature. You know, no, no nasal swabs. Not that we ever did any of that stuff, but you, you get the idea. All that's gone now, and the restrictions are lifted. Now let's take full advantage of this, and let's get back to church. Let's get back to being what the Lord wants us to be, because through COVID, the devil tries to put us to sleep. He tries to get us into certain habits and keep us there. Let's not let him win, amen? And we need to be praying one for another. These are the days we need to be very diligent in our prayers one for another. And so we have here this great idea of faith, going from faith to faith. We have great stories in the Bible. Moses leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. Well, how did he do that? He did that by faith. But he didn't start there. He started way back yonder, I think, in the backside of a desert as he was tending sheep those 40 years and God was slowly working on him. And then finally God came to him and talked to him and said, okay, you're ready, here's your job. We've got stories about Joshua who took the children of Egypt, uh, took the children of Israel out of the wilderness, crossed the, um, uh, the Jordan River into the promised land. How in the world did he do that? That was done by faith. All of these great Bible stories are done by faith. Uh, Caleb, at 80 years of age, he said that God promised me this mountain. Now give me this mountain at 80 years of age. And how do you do that? He did that by faith. He didn't start at that level of faith. He started way back yonder when he, when he learned to be faithful under the leadership of Moses. And I think also that on that note, there's a principle there for us. If we will show ourselves faithful uh, in the place where God put us with the authorities that God has put in our lives and all of us have authorities in our lives. I have them, you have them. That's God's design with certain authorities and we show ourselves faithful. Then God takes us the next step. There's a saying, I don't know where it came from, but there's a saying that uh, the, the, the best chiefs, speaking now about the North American Indians, the best chiefs 
were the best Indians. So the idea of you show yourself faithful and be the best you can as an Indian, one day God will make you the chief. That kind of idea. But if we show ourselves faithful, God will take us up another level. And let's be faithful there. God will take us up another level. This is what it means from faith to faith. This is how we can, you know, conquer the devil and get great victories and see great answers to prayer. It's by faith. And our praying today should be stronger than it was yesterday or last year. We should be able to be stronger and more confident in our in our prayers. Now, this coming Sunday, I'm bringing a sermon series, ser- sermon number two in the series on praying with the giants. Do you remember what last Sunday's was? Two words. Do you remember what it was? What? Pray big. Pray big. Well, this coming Sunday, there's going to be two more words. And I'm not going to tell you what they are, but we'll talk about that on Sunday morning. But the idea is it's all empowered by faith. And we're going step by step. Last Sunday, bang, we made a very important step. This Sunday, bang, we're going to make another move on up. The Sunday after, bang, we're going to make another move on up still. And so that's how we do it. We go step at a time. You know, just about all of you have done those little uh, six booklets, Bible study booklets. And you know that we start off at uh, step one. And then book number two introduces step two. And book three, four, five. That's the most important one is five. And then six deals all about what the church is all about. What is the church all about? Well, we don't start with that. We end with that. And we start, number one, is with the word of God. That's our platform. That's our foundation. If we don't have a foundation, then we're building on sifting sand. Our house is going to fall. And by the way, you all know by now what happened down in Florida, in Miami. And there was an old building and the salt water got in the concrete and rotted the, uh, the rebar, the steel bar. And uh, studies were done and warnings were put up. And I don't know. Anyhow, half the entire condo complex came down. And a lot of people are still missing. The death toll is rising. And I'm telling you, there's, there's, it's not going to stop with that one building. There are other, many other buildings around there. You watch In the news, you're going to see more and more of of this news come out. There's going to be more investigations done. I wonder what people paid for their condos. I wonder what they're worth now. Imagine owning a condo, paying all that money for a condo down in Miami, Mm. only to find out that it's it's crumbling apart. What are you going to do? Pretty much no one wants to buy it. Pretty much gather your belongings and walk away. There's going to be a lot of uh, heartache with all of that. So we need to start with a firm foundation and our Bible study booklets, book number one is on the word of God. And that's where it always goes. You'll find folks that when people, uh, they come out with strange doctrines or some, something really weird, where'd they get that from? They, they didn't start with a good foundation. They started adding something to the word of God, or they tried to subtract something from the word of God. And so they do that, and they, uh, it, doesn't, it never goes right, never. Now, in the Bible, all of these amazing stories, and there's dozens and dozens of stories of great things done by men and women, done by faith. 
And the answer is from one level of faith to another level of faith. And when you, when you go from step one to step two, you can say Geronimo and you can jump up to uh, step number two. And when you get your, your, your firm footing on step two and you got your eye on step three and Geronimo and you can move on up. And that's the normal way for a Christian. A Christian who's been saved a number of years ought to be able to, to do a lot more than a Christian who's only been saved a couple of days. There ought to be a lot more evidence and power and fruit. It's sad, but there are people who have made profession of faith in Jesus Christ years ago. And still to this day, it's like they need to be spoon-fed. You wonder, are they even saved? Because the normal, natural thing is for growth. A couple gets married, they have a baby. You expect the baby to grow, don't you? And by the way, when the families here in our church, they bring their, their babies to church and we comment, we says, wow, look how big they're getting. <gasps> now they can stand all by themselves and oh, they're taking their first steps. And that's so exciting. And that's the way it ought to be, right? There ought to be this progression. Likewise, in our lives, in our lives, we ought to be getting stronger and better, closer to the Lord. And we ought to be able to do more things by faith. And that's a good thing to think about. If your life is not filled with good works by faith, then what's going on? What's, what, there's an anomaly there somewhere. Something's not right. Maybe there's, um, I don't know, the devil has uh, done something. You know, but we, maybe we need a little counsel, a little help or something. But we need to get going and growing. And that's what the New Testament Christians were doing constantly. And they were growing. Praise the Lord. Now, folks, I think that the future of our church has never been brighter. I'll be honest with you. I think that we have weathered the storm of COVID very well. We have run the race properly. We've not tried to um, cut corners. We've not tried to do illegal things. We've done what's been required of us. We can hold our head high. We've not done things that... Um, uh, others have tried to do and uh, say, oh, well, we're just not going to obey these things. We've not done that. And praise the Lord for it. We, we've got nothing to be ashamed about. We can hold our head high. That's great. And our future has never been brighter. And I believe that we ought to, like I said on Sunday, we ought to have something, at least one thing on our prayer list that we're praying for every day. Something that's so big that only God can do it. I mean, you talk about moving a mountain, moving a mountain. Why? How would you do that? Well, that would be pretty hard for a human to do, wouldn't it? We can move little lumps of earth, I suppose. But how are you going to move Mount Everest? How are you, how's that going to happen? Hmm? The Marianas Trench, they call it the deepest point in the ocean. Uh, I don't think it's the deepest point um, on earth, of course. I think hell is the deepest point on earth. But uh, they talk about the Marianas Trench being so deep well, let's go fill it in. Even if we wanted to, how could we possibly do it? Uh, what is it, 12 miles or something like that down there? And the, the pressure, pounds per square inch, it, it would crush anything. Only a couple of little vehicles have been lowered down there once or twice. That's it. How would we ever do it? We want to uh, cut the moon in half, even if we wanted to. How could we possibly do it? See, there are some things that only God can do. And there needs to be something that you're praying for that only God can do. 
And that's why I put the 104 building on my prayer list. And I drive around it. And I go up there many times a week. I drive around it and I park and I pray. And I ask God to do the miracle, do the miracle, do the miracle, do the miracle. Why settle for a little toothpick when God can give you the forest? Hmm? It's there for the asking. And this is where faith comes in. Now, I know it. Some people down on step one of faith might look up and say, oh, the 104 building, it's, it'll never happen. But you get up a few steps and you'll start to realize, hey, maybe it can happen. Maybe it can. You know the story of the little train? Chug, chug, chug. I'm not going to say the story right. I know I'm going to mess it up. But the story of the little train that was chugging along and came to a mountain and it had to ascend up and says, I can't do this. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then it started to think, well, I don't know, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I, I could, maybe I can, maybe I can. And then it's chugging along, chugging along. And it's thinking, well, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And it's starting to go up the, the side of the mountain. And it's getting going real good. And it's saying, now I know I can, I know I can, I know I can. And then it got to the top that I did it, I did it. Well, down in the valley, as you're approaching the mountain, it's easy to say, oh, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, this will never happen. That'll never happen. But that's why we have a God of, of miracles. That's why we have a God who wrote and told us how he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and through the Red Sea, how he sustained them for 40 years in the wilderness, how he then took them under the leadership of Joshua over the Jordan River. It parted for them. They got into the promised land and the very first victory was Jericho, an absolutely impenetrable fortress. It was a monster of a castle, of a, of a city, I should say. And no one had ever conquered Jericho. And here are the children of Israel told by God to march around it. It makes absolutely no sense at all until you realize that God's behind it. Because with God, nothing shall be impossible. And then at the right moment, God told them to shout and blow the trumpets. They did. And God brought the walls down. You know, I've read some real craziness where people say, oh, well, it's, it can all be explained by science. You see, marching around the Jericho, the city of Jericho, set up certain vibrations, you see, and that weakened the foundations of the walls. And then at the right time, you know, when they cried out and blew the trumpets, the sonic sounds and ultrasonics did the final job and, and the walls just, what, what trash? That didn't happen. Not like that. It was God who did it. When they talk about the, the Red Sea and how it opened up and uh, the deniers, they say, well, the, the truth is it was never the Red Sea. It was the Reed Sea and it was only six inches deep. And the children of Israel just simply splashed across. That's all it was. And then you look at the fools and you say, well, well, then how did the entire Egyptian army drown in six inches of water? And they have no answer. The answer is God opened up the Red Sea. God is the one who does these mighty miracles and you ought to have at least one thing on your prayer list that you're praying for that only God can do and pray and don't give up praying and let God be God and do a great mighty miracle. That's the secret there. Well, someone might say, how do we get this level of faith? How do we really get this? And I want you to see that it's given to you and there's a great verse in the Old Testament. If you go to Psalm 84, Psalm 84, you'll see this great promise 
that God has for us. Now remember, faith is in God's promises. Now, Psalm 84, and I'd like you to read out loud with me verse 11. Would you do that? And you folks at home, do it too, please. Psalm 84 and verse 11. This would be a good verse to memorize. So read it out with me. Here we go. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Take your pen or pencil and underline those last words, would you? No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Those words, good thing, mean good in the widest sense. It means favor. It means health. It does mean wealth. It means bounty. It means salvation of loved ones. It means 104 buildings. It, it means you know reaching the city with the gospel. No good thing. Now, we've already seen many, many good things that God has done for us here as a church. This building that we're in tonight. This air-conditioned building that we're in here tonight. This is part of the good things that God has given to us. In our 22-year history as a church, we have 22 years of God's goodness. And He has taken us from the living room of my home to the Bear Creek Park, to the building at 9061 King George, which is no longer there, to Unit 18 across the street here, and then into this building. And God has faithfully held our hand and taken us from faith to faith as a church. We started uh, uh, almost 22 years ago supporting missionaries. And we took on our first missionary, and then we took on two more missionaries, and then we took on a few more missionaries and then a few more and God has helped us. We thought, boy, wouldn't it be amazing to be able to support 50 missionaries? Imagine that, 50 missionaries. And lo and behold, the day happened when we supported 50 missionaries and God was blessing our church because we were supporting the missionaries. They're his heroes and we're supporting God's heroes. And then we started thinking maybe we could support 100 missionaries. But we're at 98 right now, 98 missionaries. And I believe with all my heart that God is going to cross 100 this year. That's my, my faith tells me that can happen. I mean, you don't need much faith to go from 98 to 100, right? You don't need much faith. You need a lot more faith to go from 1 to 100. Back yonder when we had one missionary. One day we're going to support 100 missionaries. Yeah, dream on, dream on. And then we're supporting 12 missionaries. One day we're going to support 100 missionaries to the glory of God. <laughs> dream on, dream on. And one day we're supporting 50 missionaries. And the, the mockers are starting to say, well, <clears throat> now, now settle down here now. Uh, don't get too serious about your support of missions. And then we started supporting 60 missionaries. And then the, uh, the mockers are starting to get a little bit nervous. And then we're supporting 80 missionaries. And the end is in sight. I call it the end, but maybe it's just the beginning. 80 missionaries, one day we're going to support 100 missionaries. We're only 20 away. And then we're only 15 away. And then we're only 10 away. And where are the mockers? You know, after about 85 or so, there's no more mockers. They're gone. They disappeared. No one's mocking. No one's laughing. Now we're at 98 missionaries. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not glorying in a number. I'm not doing that. 
But I am saying this, that two missionaries can preach the gospel more than one missionary. Five missionaries can preach the gospel more than two missionaries. Ten missionaries can preach the gospel more than five missionaries. A hundred missionaries can preach the gospel more than 98 missionaries. That's all I'm saying. It's a matter of getting the gospel into all the world according to the great commission God has given us. And we're doing it by faith. Faith by faith. By faith by faith. By faith by faith. And here we are today. Are we finished? By no means. That's why I said earlier, our future has never been brighter. I think our best days are ahead of us. I do believe in the coming of the Lord and I believe that before the Lord Jesus comes and takes us out, you know, with the trumpet sound, we're going to get to see more answers to prayer. We're going to get to see more great things done for God's glory. Oh, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. But in Psalm 84, the promise is that no good thing will he withhold. Now, what do the next words say? Because you see, there's a little condition, a little clause, if you will. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. From them that walk uprightly. And I think that's the key. Now, it doesn't mean absolute perfection without ever having sinned. That's not what it means. It means to walk uprightly. To walk uprightly. Hey, I'll give you a little insider tip. Physically, I'm not walking as uprightly as I used to. Physically. When I was a young fellow in my 30s and 40s, boy, it seemed I had a lot more get up and go and energy and everything. But um, now that I'm um, a little older, um, I've got arthritis. I've got uh, neuropathy in my feet. I can't do long distance walking anymore. I can't do it. I can, I can walk around the building here, uh, but much more than that, and it starts to hurt. And I have to be careful. So um, I find that when I look at my profile in the mirror, it's not as bolt upright as it used to be. And I have to tell myself, this is natural. This is normal. The older we get, isn't it true? The older we get, we can't do what we used to do. Boy, when I was a younger fella, I used to grab heavy things and I'd lift them. I'd say, stand back, fellas, I'll get this. And I'd lift it right up. And now what happens? They say to me, Stand back, pastor, we got this. That's what happens. I can't, physically, you know, I, I can't do what I used to do, but I'm still upright. I'm still upright. I can't do long distance walking, but I can still walk. I can't run like I used to, but I can give sort of a weak impression of it. I, I can't do what I used to do, but I can still do. And them that walk uprightly isn't talking about those that are absolutely perfect, perfect, perfect. It means get upright with God. Are you going to have a time where you're going to slip and fall? Yeah, but then get back up. Get back up. You know, the Bible says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he, God, he delighteth in his way. That's in the way of the good man. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him in his hand. Again, about the good man. It says, a righteous man falleth seven times 
and riseth up again. Do you, do you ever stumble? Of course you do. You're human. You're natural. Even the best saints will stumble. It'll happen. But get right back up. Don't stay down. There's no shame in tripping. There's no shame in falling head first, doing a face plant in a mud puddle. There's no shame in an accident. But there is shame in not getting back up. There is shame in staying with your face down in the mud puddle and blowing little bubbles and saying, woe is me, woe is me for the next 10 years. Get up, wipe the mud off. Wipe the dust off. Get back up and keep on going for the Lord. I think that over this last year and a quarter, whatever, that we've been under heavy COVID restrictions, maybe it's caused someone to fall. Maybe some Christian has fallen. Once they were upright and walking and serving the Lord. Hey, look at me, folks. I'm serving the Lord. And then maybe in the last year, they've done a face plant. Well, we need to have love and compassion on that one. And if they'll let us, to help them back up. And we need to get right back up. Dust ourselves off. Straighten our ties. Straighten our hair and start walking for the Lord. That's what we need to do. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Walking uprightly is going to include from faith to faith. Faith to faith. That's my challenge tonight. Is let your faith take you from step to step to step. Examine your heart. How has your walk been? Are you upright? Are you walking upright? Are you doing what the Lord would have you to do? And using your feet and legs, are you moving in the direction he'd have you go? If not, get yourself back up and get busy moving in the right direction. So important. D.L. Moody, I'll close with this. D.L. Moody, great evangelist of the 1800s. He died in 1899 in his early 60s. Too young if you ask me. But near the end of his life, after he preached one of his sermons, it happened to be on Psalm 84, verse 11. D.L. Moody preached on this verse. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And after the the service, a lady that was there walked up to him and asked him, Mr. Moody, would you pray for my husband? He's not saved. He's a good man, but he's not saved. He's not born again. I'm afraid if he dies, he won't go to heaven. He'll go to hell. Would you pray he be saved? And D.L. Moody looked at her and said that he would pray, but only if she met the conditions of Psalm 84:11. And he asked her right then and there. He said, Madam, let me ask you, are you walking uprightly? And she lowered her eyes to the floor and shook her head and said, no, I'm afraid that I'm, I'm not living the, the life I ought to be. And then he asked her, well, would you get on your knees and ask God to forgive you? And would you promise him that you'll start to be the Christian woman he wants you to be? And she nodded her head. She got on her knees and she 
almost wept as she prayed, asking God to forgive her for not being a good Christian, not walking with the Lord. And when she finished praying, D.L. Moody got on his knees next to her, and he prayed fervently for that woman's husband to be saved. At the church service the next day, because if you know anything about D.L. Moody as an evangelist, he would hold services day after day, in the evenings, of course. And the next evening, the lady's husband came to church and he was saved. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So it's very important that we do the best we can and we walk uprightly, going from faith to faith. Now let's pray. Our dear, loving, heavenly Father, thank you that there is a wonderful walk available for each and every born-again man, woman, young person. Father, I thank you so very much for Grace Baptist Church and the people are so precious to me and I love them so much and so dearly. And Father, I hold them in my heart and I pray for each and every one of us now. And I know it's, it's kind of normal, but we're all sort of at different levels. But Father, when when we get into your hands, we're all on the same level. And so I pray one for another, Father, increase our faith. Father, if there be any that have fallen, lift them back up. If there be any that are not walking uprightly, help them, encourage them along, get them walking uprightly. Even if they should have been doing these things years ago, better late than never, get them walking uprightly. Father, increase our faith. Help us to come back together as a church Help us with the days ahead in order to reach the city, reach the world, because one day soon you're going to reach down and you're going to take us to yourself. And oh, what glory that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. Heavenly Father, help us to keep our eyes upon the Savior. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.